Hello and welcome to Cardio Buzz, your weekly cardiology podcast presented by Dr. Hussein Hishmat, professor of cardiology and interventional cardiologist. Every week, we bring you a selection of practice-changing research, conference proceedings, guidelines, news, and interviews with experts. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hi everyone, this is the first day of Ramadan, the holy blessed month observed by 1.8 billion Muslims around the world. This is a month for religious rituals, historical traditions and family gatherings. It happens also to be an occasion for big meals, TV serials and commercials. So to everyone who's observing Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem. But when patients ask me, doctor, what should I do in Ramadan? I honestly get a bit anxious. The answer to this question is a mix of science and religion. Even if you are a devout Muslim doctor, the answer will not be easy because you need to balance both the religious aspect, respecting the patient's desire to fast, and the health aspect where we need to avoid any potential harm to our cardiac patients. And to make it worse, We don't have enough randomized or observational trials to guide us on what to do exactly in different cardiac conditions in Ramadan. So most of the advice that we used to give to our patients was based on our own personal views, which is not exactly science. What we know about fasting, that the concept in general is useful. The benefits of intermittent fasting and the cardiovascular health are proven. We also know that Ramadan fasting can reduce the systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Fasting Ramadan was also associated with improved anginal symptoms in patients with chronic ischemic coronary syndromes. But Ramadan fasting is different from intermittent fasting. In Ramadan, there is no water and there are no medicines. So there is always a risk for hypotension, dehydration, thrombotic tendency, during the long fasting hours, especially in the summertime and in the frail elderly patients. Dehydration can increase the risk of arrhythmia, ventricular ectopics, and atrial fibrillation. Dehydration is very risky in patients with long QT syndrome, Brogada syndrome, or in patients taking digoxin or class 1 antiarrhythmic drugs. Also in one multicenter trial, patients who undertook Ramadan fasting within three months of percutaneous coronary intervention, had a higher incidence of significant cardiac events compared to those who did not undertake Ramadan fasting. Moreover, if the fasting times are more than 12 hours, then twice-daily dosed medications will be disrupted, with the potential for overdosing and underdosing. Patients, for example, receiving two times per day an OEC or a direct anticoagulant, were noted to be more likely to change their anticoagulation administration and more likely to be admitted to hospital as a consequence of this change, for example, because of bleeding or stroke. And the habits in the Middle East of consuming food after the sunset breakfast, iftar, these habits are far from the essence of fasting or intermittent fasting. This meal can get very heavy, with lots of dates, sugary drinks, 
and full-loaded oriental sweets which are made specially in celebration of the holy month. This results in a major disruption of blood sugar control in diabetic patients. And I would like to refer you to the NICE scoring system which was developed by the DAR group, D-A-R, Diabetes and Ramadan group, which guides patients and physicians to who can fast and who should not fast. You can also check the previous episode of CardioBuzz where our nephrology expert provided guidance on fasting for renal patients. But speaking of cardiac patients, who can fast in Ramadan and who should not fast? And there is a good consensus document from a group of British doctors from the NHS. It was published in Heart Journal Open last May. And I think it's time to review this article. And the link to the article will be in the description of the podcast. The eight authors scanned the literature for trials on fasting Ramadan and cardiovascular diseases and they added their own personal insights and the work was supported by the British Islamic Medical Association. But before we discuss the paper and its recommendation, there's an an important disclaimer here. If a patient is listening to this podcast, I need to remind them that these recommendations do not replace your physician. There's no Dr. Google here. You have to consult your treating doctor before you decide to fast Ramadan or not. It's essential. Only your treating doctor will be able to have a holistic view of your health status, including your cardiac condition, the diabetic status, the renal function, and other health health aspects. And only then he can give you the proper advice. So based on the expert opinion and the review of trials, there are three classes of risk with Ramadan fasting. The first class is the low risk or the moderate risk. And these patients can fast after they discuss, of course, with their treating physician. This includes patients with stable hypertension, which is controlled, stable angina, heart failure, which is stable and non-severe if the ejection fraction is more than 35, or patients with heart failure and preserved ejection fraction, provided they are stable. Patients with implantable loop recorder can fast. Patients with a permanent pacemaker single or dual chamber can fast. Patients with valvular lesions, if they are mild or moderate, can fast. Patients with supraventricular tachycardia, chronic atrial fibrillation, non-sustained VT can also fast. Patients with mild, moderate pulmonary hypertension are also allowed to fast. And there's a second group, which is the high-risk patients, and these should not fast. This includes patients with poorly controlled hypertension, those with a recent acute coronary syndrome or myocardial infarction within the first six weeks, patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy with obstruction, patients with severe valvular disease, severe heart failure, poorly controlled arrhythmia, high risk of fatal arrhythmia like inherited arrhythmic syndromes, arrhythmogenic cardiomyopathy, patients with implantable cardioverter defibrillator or CRTD, these all patients also should not fast. And there's a third group 
the very high risk, and these must not fast. Fasting here can be life-threatening, can be fatal. This includes patients with advanced heart failure and patients with severe pulmonary hypertension. These two groups of patients can really die if they go into fasting. And so what should physicians practically do before Ramadan and after Ramadan? We need to establish a patient background. What's his previous fasting Ramadan experience? What's his current symptomatic status? What's his current smoking status? What are the findings on examination? Is he hypotensive? Is he dehydrated? What does the ECG show? What does the intracardiac device check show? And then, of course, based on these and based on the patient's diagnosis, we risk stratify the patient into one of the three groups that we mentioned, low-moderate risk, high risk, and very high risk. Of course, you may refer to the diabetes and Ramadan uh, recommendation if the patient is diabetic, and to what we described in the last episode based on the ejection, based on the EGFR and the medications the patient taking if he's a renal patient. And there is general advice for Ramadan, the healthy diet, avoiding the high sugary fluids after breakfast, making sure that the patient is taking enough fluid between sunset and uh, sunrise. Ramadan is an opportunity for smoke cessation. The patient should terminate fasting if he's feeling unwell. We need to remind our patients that intramuscular injections, sublingual medications do not break Ramadan fasting. And if the patient is low or moderate risk, then fasting is allowed. But as we mentioned, that counseling is essential and there are some safety measures that should be taken. The medications of the patient need to be revised and optimized. Inform the patient of his risk status. Document the patient's risk status and the patient's decision to uh, to fast. Counsel the patient about the risk of dehydration, electrolyte abnormalities. Consider alterations of medications as appropriate and feasible. We may change the dosing times of the medications. If the patient is taking twice daily medication that can be replaced by a single daily medication, then we can do that. Advise the patient to terminate fast if he feels unwell. We may consider trials of fasting one month before Ramadan and see how the patient is doing and then this can help us fine-tune our decision. As for patients in the high-risk or the very high-risk category, then they must be informed, well-informed, that they should not fast. If the patient still chooses to fast, then we we need to explore with them alternatives that may be safer. For example, non-consecutive fasting. Instead of the whole 30 days or 29 days, he can fast some days on and some days off. We may postpone the fasting to another period of the year, where the fasting time is shorter in winter. There may be some ritual compensation, providing food for a certain number of individuals in need. If the patient still declines or is unsuitable for these alternatives, then and he insists on fasting, then the risk should be communicated to the family and to the patient, and maybe you may uh, like to sign him a refusal of care, 
and document this, of course, in the patient's file. And we may advise the patient to speak to a local religious scholar about his decision, counsel the patient again about the risk of dehydration, electrolyte abnormalities, and consider alteration of medications if we can do that, and advise the patient to terminate the fasting immediately if he feels unwell. The paper also has a comprehensive list of different cardiovascular medications and the potential interactions with fasting. This includes antihypertensives, heart failure medications, statins, antiplatelets, oral anticoagulants, immunosuppressive agents, antiarrhythmic drugs, etc. I highly recommend going through this table so that we can be more informed while counseling our patients. That was all for this episode on Ramadan and fasting. Wishing you a blessed month with accepted prayings and fasting, warm family gatherings, and perfect health for everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cardio Buzz. If you like the content, follow the show on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. You will find previous episodes and get alerts to new ones. Please rate the show and write your own review of the content. You can share the episodes to spread knowledge and benefit. Enjoy your weekend and see you next Saturday.